Happy Friday, everyone. Welcome to Unbothered. Today, go over Eagles beating the Vikings. Sloppy first quarter. I was worried at first about the Thursday night football game, considering just how poorly the Thursday night football slate last uh, year was. But the game did improve after the first quarter. I discussed that. Then Aaron Rodgers makes his first appearance today from surgery on the Pat McAfee show. Made some statements that absolutely got me fired up. I'm going to talk about that. And then I will get to my week three picks. Let's see if we can improve from last week. Or my week two picks and my week three college football picks. Let's get right down into it. Eagles beat the Vikings. Last night, 34-28. I thought the Eagles were going to win by more. Uh, they certainly had the chance to. I thought they would be. We're up 27-7 to in the third quarter and wound up just winning by six points. They were six-and-a-half-point favorites. I thought Philly would cover that. And, man, you want to talk about a bad beat with the Vikings and he had a touchdown with a minute left. But this game turned on its really turned for the Eagles. I went the Eagles' way for two reasons. One was the poor uh, ball security from the Vikings. They had uh, four turnovers yesterday, all of them fumbles that were lost. Two by Alex Madison, one by Kirk Cousins, one by Justin Jefferson. The other was the Vikings' inability to stop the run. Philly just gashed Minnesota on the ground between DeAndre Swift, Jalen Hurts. They were picking up yards at will yesterday. And that's really what I want to focus on. Uh, The MVP of the game, best player of the game, was DeAndre Swift. He was just, I thought, sensational. With Kenneth Gainwell, their starting running back being out, DeAndre Swift thrust into that starting role. Rashad Penny, again, has dealt with a lot of injuries in his career. Boston Scott ran the ball for five carries. He left with an injury, though. So DeAndre Swift... Carried the ball 28 times as a workhorse back. Ran for 175 yards, one touchdown, an average of 6.3 yards per carry. That's pretty dang good. That will get the job done. I thought DeAndre Swift was fantastic. Looked excellent. uh, Making the right cuts. Showing patience while the offensive line was finishing their blocks uh, so he could get a few extra yards. DeAndre Swift looked really good. Now, this is how DeAndre Swift looked the first couple games of last year with the Lions uh, before he was uh, dealing with injuries the rest of the year, and then the Lions uh, wound up trading him. But I had no idea in my mind that DeAndre Swift was capable of this. I knew he could do it, go out there and prove it to everyone else, and he just looked fantastic, really good, really sharp on a lot of runs. I got to give a lot of credit to DeAndre Swift in this running game. Uh, For a team total, they ran for 259 yards on 48 carries. 48. 
Uh, Jalen Hurts only threw the ball 23 times. He rushed 12. He rushed for half as much as he threw. Uh, they were determined to run the football, and there was nothing Minnesota could do to stop them. When you average as a team 5.4 yards a carry, that'll get it done. Uh, when you pick up a first down every other play, that's pretty good. That's that's high-quality running. And in the receiving game, Devontae Smith was good. Uh, four receptions on five targets for 131 yards and two touchdowns, a 54-yard touchdown or, you know, a long 54-yard pass and then a 63-yard touchdown. He was really good. If Devontae Smith can really emerge like this as this deep threat complement A.J. Brown, you have a true kind of wide receiver one, wide receiver one, similar to T. Higgins and Jamar Chase, um, where you just have two excellent wide receivers on the team, which is a great problem to have, uh, no doubt. But the Eagles look good, a uh, strong running football team. And I think they had to be because last night, even though Jalen Hurts, you look at the – you know, completion percentage, 18 to 23. It's efficient. However, when you watch the game, he doesn't look as sharp yesterday in these first two games as he did last year. Now, I know their offensive coordinator left, uh, Shane Steichen, so I do think they're still getting, you know, used to him calling plays and handling it. Uh, but also on the field, some of the decisions uh, that Jalen Hurts made yesterday, the one interception, I thought was really bad. And then not throwing the football away on certain ones and taking a sack. Again, I think Jalen Hurts can be a little more crisp. Definitely not going to say he was a one-hit wonder or should have waited on him because I do think he's a good quarterback. But I do think it's going to, hey, take some time. You're happier 2-0. But, yes, you can be playing a lot better. And I think another – a point I have to make is what Jason Kelsey said yesterday post game is that teams are throwing a lot of chaos at them, a lot of different looks. You know, defensively, uh, this Vikings defense is better than last year, better defensive coordinator. And they're, again, trying to disguise a lot of stuff. Um, it's not that vanilla, it's complicated, and they're doing a good job. So it's going to be up to the Philly offense to now adjust to the complex defenses to really read them. And maybe that's the next step in uh, Hurts' game is to really read a defense like a Josh, uh, like a Joe Burrow can, like a Patrick Mahomes can. I don't say Josh Allen there, but I'm sorry. He can't read a defense that uh, yeah, well. I just watched what the Jets did to him. Embarrassed him. But the Vikings now... While the Eagles are 2-0 on the right track, Vikings are the opposite of that. They're 0-2 right now, and to me, they're essentially toast. They showed the schedule last night for the next five games. It's brutal. They'll be lucky to have two wins. They play the Chargers next Sunday. They play the Panthers, the Chiefs, the Bears, then the Niners. It doesn't look good. They'll probably be 2-5 and five after that five-game stretch. Then they play the Packers in Green Bay. Uh, have a couple of kind of a four-game stretch there, five-game stretch where it could go either way. 
uh, the Falcons, Saints, Broncos, Bears, Raiders. And then it finishes tough in Cincy. Two of the last three against the Lions and the Packers. That doesn't look good. That's not a great schedule to end. So when you start two and five, and when you could possibly lose three of your last four, as well to have nine total, uh, or my bad, eight total losses just combined. And again, in that five game stretch there in the middle, don't think they'll go five and zero. Oh. This team again easily could have a losing record. I said eight and nine. This team could easily be seven and ten. Uh, so everybody this morning talking about trading Kirk Cousins. Uh, he's in the final year of his contract. Do you maybe try to trade him? Because guess what? I was Ted Connors Kirk yesterday, but he actually played. Good. I have to give him credit. He didn't throw an interception. Yes, he had the bad fumble where he held on the ball too long with the strip sack, but 364 yards, four touchdowns, an 83 QBR, a pass rating of 125. That's good. I don't think the Vikings want to move on with him because even though he does have good stats here from time to time, he's not a winner. He doesn't have the intangibles. Uh that a Tom Brady or a Peyton Manning or an Aaron Rodgers, Drew Brees has to win Super Bowls. He just doesn't. He's not the it guy. He doesn't have that factor to him. So I think it would be best to trade Kirk Cousins to try to get something for him and use your first-round pick on a quarterback next year since next year's quarterback class I think could be the deepest quarterback class of all time. So I think they're toast. Uh, trading Kirk Cousins, again, may remains a possibility. We'll see. I think the Jets, you know, our team, everybody's sort of circling, hey, here are the Jets. If I'm the Jets, I'm kind of holding out, you know, waiting before I make any trade for Kirk Cousins. I wouldn't do that deal if I'm the Jets. Next, Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers today. On the Pat McAfee show. Uh, a couple days, I believe, removed um, from surgery. And, you know, Monday, or my bad, Tuesday, he had his Instagram post. And now he's had surgery. And this man is just firing me up with his quotes. You know, Dark Knight on Tuesday in Instagram. And this is what he had to say uh, today following his Achilles injury because a lot of people have talked about, you know, his possibility of not only not coming back this year, but just retiring in general and calling it a career that he's kind of done. So Aaron Rodgers said, and I quote, give me the doubts, give me the timetables, Give me all the things that you think can, should, or will happen because all I need is that one little extra 1% of inspiration. That's all I need. So give me your doubts, give me your prognostications, and then watch what I do. End of quote. Watch what I do. I love to hear it. He also mentioned that he's going to shock some people with his rehab. And, you know, he got asked directly about is a return to the postseason possible if the Jets reach the postseason? And he said, quoting Kevin Garnett, anything is 
possible. There you go. Wow. So, again, before this interview, I already thought that he was going to return for next year's football season. This kind of cleared anything up. But to hear him say, watch what I can do. I want to shock some people with my rehab and anything is possible. Uh, that gave me chills. If he is somehow able to return from an Achilles tear uh, that he had surgery on a couple days ago, and let's say December would be the, um, you know, three months. March, January playoffs would be around four months. That would be mightily impressive to step back on a football field in that amount of time. That would be, I think, one of the greatest achievements of all time uh, to come back from an injury like that in a short amount of time in a sport like this. That would be something else. Now, do I expect it? No, I don't. I don't expect, you know, as I redid my rankings yesterday, the Jets to make the playoffs with Zach Wilson. Aaron Rodgers did say, also on the Pat McAfee show today, that he's confident in Zach Wilson. And I think there is a certain level of confidence. I think there's a level of improvement that he is going to do better than what he did last year. And I agree with that. But if Aaron Rodgers can come back, again, wow. You know, I don't believe that it's going to happen, that he will come back for this football season. But I am rooting for that to happen. I would love to see it. I'd love for him, again, I'm in the doubting class now, that I I would generally love to see it. I would. So I'll leave it at that. Um Hopefully the Jets can uh, put together a string of unexpected wins and see if Aaron Rodgers can make something special happen in this postseason. But now let's move on to our week two picks. Last week I was 10-6. and six. Uh, You know, straight up. A couple of the games, you know, a lot of upsets last week. You try to predict a couple of uh, upsets. You get those wrong, you end up with a 10-6 and six record. But I did start last week off strong, though. You know, 1-0, and strong morning slate. Already started off this week 1-0. and Got the win yesterday. Let's see if we can continue as well. Starting with Green Bay in Atlanta. Now, this to me is a very interesting matchup right here, because it's going to tell us a few things about both teams, is, you know, are the, you know, Packers, you know, if they play well, they're a good team. If they don't play well, it's kind of an indictment on the Bears, like, oh, they're bad. Um, But do I have a lot of faith in Desmond Ritter and the Atlanta Falcons? No, I don't have faith in Desmond Ritter. Um, To me, this game is going to be dependent on if Aaron Jones can go. I think Aaron Jones is really the now default leader, uh, you know, part of this team. And he's uh, battling an injury. So if 
he can't go because of his hamstring, um, I'm definitely not picking him. But if Aaron Jones is suited up playing, I like it because Christian Watson returning from injury, as well to have two of their top guys back, I definitely lean with the Packers, again, if both those guys play. Definitely be a tighter game if those two aren't able to suit up. But barring any setback, roll with the Packers. Las Vegas and Buffalo. Usually after Buffalo lays a clunker, they come back and absolutely rout the team. And I expect this to happen. I don't think the sky is falling. A lot of people are turning now on Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills. I'm not doing that. Yes, Josh Allen had a bad game against a team that gave him fits last year, and it was, again, all the emotion of the Monday night atmosphere in New York is rough. They're now at home against Las Vegas, who just beat the Broncos by a one-point Jimmy G with a bad interception. Josh Jacobs didn't get it going, neither did Devontae Adams. I expect Buffalo to steamroll the Raiders this Sunday. Baltimore-Cincinnati. Baltimore heavily injured after last week, starting running back out. Bengals didn't play well, are 0-1, uh, looking to avoid an 0-2 start uh, back-to-back years. And I think they will. Uh, they get the benefit that this game is in Cincinnati. Um, and I think they will bounce back. I think Joe Burrow, uh, again, just got a haircut. You know, he said after you have a bad game like the one he had Sunday, you just got to change something up. So we'll see if going back to the regular look for Joe Cool gets it done, uh, gets the offensive line in a better spot to protect him, uh, get the running game going, get it to the weapons, Jamar Chase and, um, T. Higgins, but I do like Cincinnati to win this game. Just get one and one, get a little momentum going. Seattle and Detroit. I'm definitely rolling with Detroit on this one. At home, Detroit's home opener. Uh, they're revealing a Barry Sanders statue at this game as well. Uh, I think their offense at home, again, it's been, you know, said, but stated. The offense is much better at home than it is away. So that is a plus as well. I think there will be points scored. But ultimately, Detroit's defense makes a big stop. Uh, Seattle is with uh, both of their offensive tackles. One went on injured reserve this week. And the other, Charles Cross, um, Pete Carroll ruled him out due to a toe injury. So two backup tackles coming in, that's big, especially for a player like Aiden Hutchinson, who is tied right now in the NFL for quarterback pressures. So I expect him to get after Geno Smith. We saw what Aaron Donald could do. I'm not saying Aiden Hutchinson is Aaron Donald, but the way Aiden Hutchinson's motor is um, relentless, I think he's going to get after Geno Smith, this defense. Uh, we'll rack up some sacks on Geno Smith. Uh, give the offense a favorable field position. Detroit Lions win this game. Next up, Chargers and the Tennessee Titans. Now, I'm always scared to pick the Tennessee Titans because of their head coach, Brandon Staley. And he's just not that good. When the Chargers win, I say they win in spite 
of their head coach, Brandon Staley. Their offense looks better than it did last year. The defense somehow looks worse than it did last year. I am picking the Chargers uh, against the Titans because of their offense. Uh, but do I expect Brandon Staley to call this game to stop Derrick Henry? No, I don't. I don't think Brandon Staley can stop Derrick Henry or anything. I don't think he can stop a nosebleed. So I have the Chargers winning a close one in Tennessee. Another big game, Kansas City-Jacksonville. So this, to me, this is a huge matchup, rematch of a divisional round last year. Kansas City is now 0-1 after a loss to Detroit. Jacksonville looked good against Indy. But Kansas City now has Chris Jones back, their best defensive player. And it has Travis Kelsey back. He's uh, both said they're going to play this week. So you have the Stars back. For Kansas City. But I do think there's going to be a little revenge uh, coming at it for the Jacksonville considering last year. Um, and another point as well about Kansas City and specifically their offensive lineman, Jawan Taylor, um, who did line up a lot illegally last week, illegal formation. Uh, the NFL has reached out to the refs, the officiating uh, teams that, hey, you know, don't let this slide. So it's going to be interesting to see if he adjusts his linemen or if he gets penalties. Again, he is in Jacksonville where he did play before signing with Kansas City. I think this is going to be a tight a game. It's going to have a playoff uh, feel to it. Again, I think everybody's going to you know, bring their best this year to beat Kansas City. Um, but one thing Jacksonville did not do well last year, though, was guard Travis Kelsey. Now, everybody has a hard time guarding Travis Kelsey. It, it's hard to stop. But the Jags were like one of the worst teams when it came to trying to stop Travis Kelsey in the regular season and the playoffs. Uh, they just couldn't do it. Now, the question is, is Travis Kelsey 100%? I don't think so. Again, he is well enough to play. So is he around 80%? Yeah, probably. So if the Jaguars can throw Mahomes off the mark, make him feel uncomfortable, I like the Jaguars' chance to pull off the upset right here. I do. I think the Jaguars can do it. I'm picking them. Uh, I think this would be a huge win uh, for the Jags, one of my underdog picks of the week. Next, Chicago and Tampa Bay. Uh, this one here is a little ugly. Uh, and it's really, to me, a tough one to pick because, again, is Justin Fields and the Bears really that bad? I don't think Tampa Bay looked great last week, but it's in Tampa. They couldn't get a run game going. DJ Moore wasn't involved. So I'm scared to pick Chicago. I kind of want to pick uh, Tampa Bay, but this is a game. I could see Justin Fields running all over the Tampa Bay defense as a scrambling quarterback. With that, I'm picking Chicago in the upset here. Next, Indianapolis-Houston. Another upset. Indianapolis was only uh, one-point dogs, but they started off as one-and-a-half, two-point dogs, line closing in. And I like Anthony Richardson. I like him better than C.J. Stroud. Uh, this offense, I like Shaq Leonard on defense, too. 
this to me, again, two of the worst teams in the NFL. But the Colts did have the Jaguars, I thought, on the rope. Uh, you know, really hung in with them last week. I think they can beat the Texans this week. Next up, San Francisco playing the Rams. So Kyle Shanahan has an eight-game regular season winning streak against Sean McVay in the Rams. It is the Rams, uh, you know, longest current losing streak and against an opponent. Uh, and it's also their biggest rival, too. And it's just kind of embarrassing at this point. But at this point, too, come Sunday night, San Francisco will be 9-0 and in their past nine games against them in the regular season. Uh, Brock Purdy is efficient working this offense. Christian McCaffrey is brilliant as well. Uh, Rams defense had a big, big day last week against the Seahawks. But this 49ers team is a whole nother animal. It really is. So do I expect Aaron Donald to try to disrupt as much as he can? Yes, but I just think Rams are too good, too talented. And on defense, this team has really given Matthew Stafford fits since he's been a Ram. It, it really has. I expect that to continue. Um, and for Matthew Stafford to have a rough showing on Saturday or on Sunday. Giants Cardinals. Can the Giants bounce back? You know, Cardinals played more competitive than I thought they would against the Commanders. Uh, I don't know if the Giants can play any worse than what they did uh, than against the Cowboys past Sunday night. It was rough. It was awful from start to finish. Couldn't get much better or much worse than that. And here they have a chance against a layup team to go out there, a win, get back the momentum. Because if they lose this game, it gets ugly. It's, did we just make the biggest quarterback contract mistake in NFL history, that's what the question would have to be if they lose this game to Josh Dobbs and the Arizona Cardinals, which I don't expect them to. The New York Jets and the Dallas Cowboys. I was so hyped for this matchup when it was pre-Aaron Rodgers injury, but now since it's post-Aaron Rodgers injury, I do think Dallas is in a rack up. A ton of sacks on Zach Wilson. The defense is going to get a lot of pressure on him and on the Jets, force him in uncomfortable situations. I could see a defensive touchdown happening. Micah Parsons having a big game. I just don't envision this game going very well. I just don't. I do think that the Jets' defense can hang him in there at times. Uh, but when Dallas is scoring defensive touchdowns, the Jets are going to have to answer with their own because their offense, I don't think, will be able to score 20-plus points this game. I just don't. Washington-Denver. So Washington looked worse than I thought they would last week against the Cardinals. Broncos, to me, looked as expected as advertised. Uh, Broncos, I believe, will beat the Commanders this sad Sunday. Just because, simply put, they're a better team. Now, I don't know exactly what they're doing on offense, what their identity is, uh, the culture of the team, but I just believe this one's going to be on talent alone 
that the Broncos are beating the Commanders. And Sunday night. This here is a tough one. Jets, oh my bad, Dolphins, Patriots. Dolphins a favorite. Um, Tua looked great last week. Uh, he's also never lost to Bill Belichick, which is a crazy stat to think about. But I also saw New England look pretty good against the Eagles. I thought the defense looked all right, picked it up in the second half. And that Mac Jones looks good with a good offensive coordinator. Looked good with Josh McDaniels, a good offensive coordinator. Looked bad with Matt Patricia, who is a defensive coordinator calling the offense. And now he looks good with Bill O'Brien, who is a really good offensive coordinator. So do I expect the offense to put up some points on Miami's defense? I do. I don't think Miami has a great defense. But the key for New England's going to be containing Tyreek Hill. Can they do that? I think they can. If it's up to anybody, it'll be Bill Belichick, who is way better than Brandon Staley, uh, to either bracket Tyreek Hill. He is going to double Tyreek Hill. He's not going to let him run free and go crazy in the middle of the field. I think they're going to drop the linebackers back and, you know, they'd be more comfortable with them running the ball than having Tyreek and Jalen Waddle, these speedy wide receivers, beat them. So in an upset, I'm rolling with New England. It's one of the many upsets I'm picking this week. I do think New England can win this game. Now let's move on to my college football picks. So let's start up with a layup. Kansas State and Missouri. I got Kansas State winning this game. Right number 15. Uh, I think they go into Missouri take care of business. LSU versus Mississippi State. Uh, LSU, tough loss right at the beginning of the season. And you absolutely smoke your FCS opponent. Now you play a conference opponent, first one of the season. I like LSU to win this game. I believe they can handle Mississippi State here. I still think they're very talented and have a shot at winning the West. SEC West. Minnesota versus North Carolina. I usually love to pick uh, the Big Ten because I think it's a terrific conference. Uh, Minnesota is 2-0. They look good. But North Carolina, with Drake May, have just looked better. They're a really good team. So I have North Carolina winning this weekend. Virginia Tech and Rutgers. I've got Rutgers winning. They're 2-0. I expect them to move to 3-0. Uh, under Gregciano, looking a bit better uh, this year so far. Going 3-0 would be big for them. Then Tennessee and Florida. I am picking Florida here in the upset. To me, Tennessee hasn't looked ultra impressive um, so far. I'm not sold on Joe, Joe Milton. I'm not saying he's a bad quarterback, but I'm not sold on him in Florida. Tough place for Tennessee to pick up a win. I believe Florida shocks Tennessee here, uh, picks up the upset. Pittsburgh and West Virginia. I like West Virginia in this one. Syracuse-Purdue. Now, Syracuse has really been an under-the-radar, really solid team in the ACC, but not a lot of people pay attention to. Uh, Purdue... Uh, lost some talent from a team that made the Big Ten Championship a year ago. Again, I like to pick Big Ten teams, but I do think Syracuse is more talented. I am rolling with the Orange. 
TCU in Houston. Uh, TCU, a very overrated team, but I think that overrated team gets the win this weekend. Colorado State in Colorado. This is one of the largest uh, bet games and so much money's on Colorado. If somehow you pick Colorado State and win, you would win a lot of money, even for placing down something such as ten dollars. Uh, it really is crazy. Ninety-nine percent of the people have picked Colorado uh, to win this game. Uh, there are so many people that have really fully hopped on Colorado that, uh, to me, it's kind of getting out of hand. But yes, I'm picking Colorado. Because Colorado State's just not that good. Come on, let's get real. And lastly, Fresno State, Arizona State. Last week I picked Arizona State to upset Oklahoma State. It was close. They had a chance. They didn't seal the deal. I think this week they do upset Fresno State uh, and get the win. Those are my college football picks. Those are my NFL picks. Who do you got this weekend? Who are you rooting for? Talk to you guys next week. Bye, everybody.